enjoying the weather. I mean, today's ridiculously hot, but regardless, I hope you guys are doing all right. So you probably read that right. This is the epilogue. Episode 20 is the epilogue. End of the book type vibes. End of the season type feels. Um, and so I'm going to try to break down what this episode will be about. Uh, and I'll try to keep it brief. So epilogue. Why is it titled epilogue? It's epilogue because it's the end of the first season. Why is it the end of the first season? I'll get into that uh, as we get along. But uh, what I, what I want to do is do a recap of the first 19 episodes. And then towards the end, we'll do some shout outs. You know, the guests, people behind the scenes, listeners, and everybody in between. Um, and so I guess, you know, the more pressing question and the reason for this part is, why is it the epilogue? Why is it the end of season one, right? The practical reason is that... I'm leaving V-Track and I won't be able to do these pods anymore. Um, um, I'm going to be chasing my dream to uh, at least trying to fulfill my dream of becoming an egghead, an ivory tower type, uh, or in plain language, um, I'm starting graduate school in the fall, so I won't be able to sort of stay around and uh, keep the pod going, even though I've enjoyed doing it so much. The other reason is just... <laughs> It's the petty reason, as, uh, as I call it. And it's a petty reason because it's just, I guess it just relates to me. And the reason is, um, I think I've gotten to the point where I've just, I've had enough of hearing my voice in a mic. It's not, this is not the first part I've ever done. If you know, you know. Um, and so, I think I just, maybe it's just me, but you get to a point where you've heard yourself talk more than enough into a mic and... You know, I mean, you hope people have been tired of, you know, hearing from you, but at least, as I say it, I've just, I think I've heard my voice enough, which is why doing this, recording this episode has just been so, 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 so straining because it's just me, the mic, and you, the listener, and it always feels strange to me just talking to yourself into a mic, you know, you're kind of, in a way, you're in your own head, you're just rambling, and I don't know, it's uh, not necessarily a great feeling, but which is what, which is the reason why I love doing that with guests, right? You get to sort of bounce ideas of someone, you know, tell stories, people share and all that. You know, it's a good time, right? Conversations are meant to be had with other people, not just with yourself. Yeah, so those are the reason. With that said, I want to look back at some of the, some highlights from the last 19 episodes. Some, you know, insightful moments, some fun moments, and uh, everything else in between. And, um, so yeah, let's, uh look back we need to be able to differentiate between what is being dishonest Mm. and what is being respectable right and i can pretend to be okay but that's dishonest Mm. and there's nothing that's not respectable or not okay like it's okay to not be okay that's it's perfectly fine and i just i'm trying to dispel the stigma because it comes it comes really in our communities from slavery right where we come from really beautiful ancient cultures right and we're stolen and just taken um 
and packed in ships on top of each other and, and survived the Middle Passage and survived the worst form of chattel slavery known to man and made soul food and culture and music out of that horrific experience. And yet there's certain things that we still take from those experiences, right? And we want to show the world our humanity so much because they deny it. And because we're trying so hard to show the world a humanity that they deny, what we show is a superhumanity, right? And we're showing them this superhumanity so that we can combat the subhumanity that they play on us. But I think true freedom is not combating their subhumanity with superhumanity, but just being human, just being real. But it's just real. Like, I understand what, like, why it's hard for Black people to talk about mental health, right? Because it's vulnerability, right? And being vulnerable, like, it makes you the most agile and it makes you, like, really stronger, but it, it, it makes you vulnerable. And when you're being attacked, being vulnerable doesn't necessarily feel safe. So I like, like I, I understand. I just think there's value in what's beyond the vulnerability. It's definitely been hard. It's the past, you know, three, four months have definitely been a few of, you know, I've had a few of the hardest moments probably of my life condensed into these past three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel like, or I, I know I see that I'm not the only one that is has sort of felt like this. Um, and it's, it's like, like, like Aaron said, it's frightening at, at times to wake up and, and just, you know, feel sort of hopeless um, in the sense that, you know, you see everything going on with the pandemic and, and, you know, there's really no end in sight, you know, cases are, are skyrocketing, at least here in Ottawa. And, you know, people seem to, to continue to not take it seriously. So you're seeing all of that. And then on, on the other hand, you know, you're, you're seeing all of these racial injustices and things that we've been dealing with for literally all of our lives. And they're, you know, they're just not coming to light. And people are just now sort of, sort of you know, starting to understand that, yeah, Black people have been facing all of this for a long, long time. And, and, and then, like David mentioned, you know, some of the, the icons that, the black community community has lost in the past few months. It's been so 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 difficult. Um, I would be lying to you if, if you know I said that I haven't you know like gone to bed crying sometimes you know or or you know I haven't you know had panic attacks. I haven't, I haven't had moments where I'm I've, I've just felt completely hopeless because that's that's really all what it has been. Um, yeah. But. Aaron said something really, really, uh, I think important that I want to touch on is that, you know, making the, your, your space your own and, and being comfortable in, in your own space. That's something that I'm learning. Um, that's something that I've been able to, to you know, um, confront a little bit more. I, I've just moved um, in May. Sure. So I've had the opportunity to sort of, you know, build my room and, and sort of build the house the way I wanted and, you know, throw up decorations where I wanted and, you know, mount my speakers, do all this and do all that. And, 
I think at the end of the day, that makes it a lot easier to come, you know, into your room or, you know, go into your house and, and just feel comfortable and, mm -hmm. and feel at ease and be able to, to recognize that, you know, yeah, I may be struggling with this and I'm, I may be struggling with, with all of this, but those times are going to pass and I have, you know, a comforting space around me. I have comforting people around me. I have people that I can, that I can reach out to, you know, if, if anything. So I think for me, it's, it's just finding those small things to hold on to and, and, you know, seeing that hope wherever you can and, and, you know, just keep fighting. At what cost? Like, greatness at what cost, right? Like, that's a, I honestly, that's something I've been asking myself uh, lately. Greatness is at what cost? And sadly, you know, like, again, with black athletes, black males, like, you're only seen as something if you're, if you're victorious. Like, like, if you win and if you're, like, performing, then it feels like you're getting people are valuing you. But then at the cost of, like, your, your sanity almost at times, man. So, ah, you know, it's tough. It's tough for me to, to figure out kind of even the best way for me to go about this, you know. Like, I want to be great in this thing. I want right. to push my career to the max. Um, you know, how do I balance that with, you know, with being kind of like uh, living properly, not being uh, obsessive. Yeah, I think for sure it's just me feeling more internally solid, I would say. Because spending time with yourself, you're obviously going to speak to yourself and you're going to mm. confirm yourself and validate yourself. And I've been trying to validate myself more um, in, in a way that's not like just superficial, but in a way that's like you have to convince yourself, you know? Like, you have to tell yourself that what you're doing is not terrible. What, how you're feeling isn't stupid. Mm. And, you know, how, how you're dealing with things, also, it comes from a certain place. And I think exploring that, too, like, the pandemic has given us pause to be able to do that. It's a good thing to know that I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be fine. Yeah, well, I think it's really important for Black people to see other Black people um, involved in this work. And so that's one reason I'm kind of putting my face out there because I want the Black community to know there's this really cool cutting edge treatment that's coming and I want us to all have a piece in it because you know what, right now, the way things are looking, we're not going to have a piece. And, um, and I want to make sure that, that our communities, which are very traumatized, um, have the opportunity to, to get the, the healing and the benefits um, from, from this sort of new approach to uh, mental health. We're really excited about um, doing some work uh, looking at uh, MDMA for traumatized refugees. And also we want to do a microdosing study of um, psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, to see if that can help people who are suffering from racial trauma just by taking a little bit every day you know, over a, a few weeks or a few months. I can neither confirm nor deny that I've ever seen or touched psychedelics. I will not say that here on this podcast. And like you said, Infinity War with Thanos beating the anger out of Hulk, that is scary. Especially the scene where, um, um, what's his name? Ebony Mo was like, let him have his fun. Right, that right there. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, we were family before the call, but that <laughs> comment right there tells me where you really are though. Because that's literally what I was about to say is let him have his, with the hands, let him have his phone. I mean, your hairline is looking straight and compact. So, you know, it's in a better situation than mine. I won't even front. I won't even front. So that's the, that's the aspect that 
mandom has to deal with in it but bro I don't, I don't know if it's like stress that i've been through <laughs> over the last couple of years or something but i'm like oh yeah no shit this shit is falling <laughs> this hair is falling different it's like it's like waking up different um you know um you know, at least it's not it's not grazy or anything uh, now, all i was saying was you know happy belated birthday man you're 27 uh you know because yeah, you do feel 27 because of the hairline the hairline's leaving oh, you man. Yeah. but yo it's all good man like it's been like that since a kid you know for the record i have pictures of me as a kid so you know it's not like anything's changing but i'll stop being uh i'll chill out on the defensiveness on that i'm ready yo i have a deal with god like yo this let, let the beard keep growing keep being mm-hmm. pristine and then it rounds out as long as i don't look like a soccer ball you know like a football like just like a, a brown ball smoothness egg. all around <laughs> Yo, Tim, my brother, don't worry about your hairline, man. It's, uh, if anything, yo, if you feel like if it starts disappearing and you turn into a ball, like you said, a smooth, round ball, let me know. I can shave my hair and just, you know, to show that I'm in solidarity, man. I got you. <laughs> so I guess, like, you know, with that sort of looking back at all those moments, uh, great moments that we had on this um you know, before I started, before I, when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to talk about? What is this episode going to be about? And what are some of the things that I've learned doing um, this podcast? And I think, it, I guess the the thing that stands out in my mind uh, the most is how interesting it is to, you know, to learn about mental health within the classroom, you know, textbook and all that stuff. And then to go into the community and talk to people about mental health and sort of how they view it, how they approach it. There's obviously some um, some overlap, but I guess to me, the interesting things are the idiosyncrasies. So where things differ, um, it's generally speaking, most, you know, undergraduate courses, they kind of cover the, you know, the theory, you know, what is, what are certain mental health problems look like, what are the symptoms, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they're not necessarily always sort of taking to the, 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 the cultural or or um, um, or the demographic risk factors that might be attached to the mental health problems, right? So within the black community, there's obviously um, um, discrimination is a big part of sort of what affects people's mental health. And I think doing this part and just all the sort of listening to people, hearing from people, and all the in, all the insights they've sort of given me, and um, it's been really really interesting because. One of the things that I'll be studying is, you know, um, physical activity and depression in black Canadians. So you're sort of getting that perspective and talking to the people within the community is so, 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 so rich and has been so rich to me. And, you know, I hope it's just, it's been just as, you know, just as rich to the people who've been listening. Um, not necessarily, I don't, you know, I don't hope that you've taken away the same lessons that I have, but I hope that you at least took something away from it um, and sort of applied it within your own life or just not necessarily, or just it opened your eyes in some way. And also like <clears throat> something that was fascinating about doing the part is um, kind of listening back to the episodes and thinking, oh, oh, word, like, you know, as the host, I think I actually share the least compared to all the guests. I mean, people will be coming on talking about um, how, you know, we just listened to um, Jordane, you know, it's funny because I got her name wrong on the episode that we did. 
but you know, Jordan, I'm sorry, but I got that right this time, hopefully. Um, so the Jordan talking about what some of the reasons are for stigma and the stigma regarding mental health in the black community and sort of where that comes from in the long history of, you know, the black community, um, as it relates to sort of weakness and being open with mental health, et cetera, et cetera. That's, you know, that was a fascinating to sort of see those threads be drawn from, you know, the middle passage up to now and sort of how those might be related, right? Um, you know, from that to, um, um, to Dr. Williams talking about, you know, some of the new work in psychedelics and, you know, mental health, right? You know, using psychedelics to treat racial trauma. And then from that to, you know, just talking silly and having fun with uh, people about their favorite, you know, animes and you know, the top five MCU films. You know, it's been a lot of fun and just, I think we've covered, I don't know, I think some decent ground. But something that I realize is, I think I've shared the least from, you know, out of all the guests, right? Um, and I guess, you know, the most obvious reason is just, you know, the parties are not long, you know, this is not a JRE where I'm going to have three hours with the person, right? Um, and actually, interestingly, you kind of realize, when you do a part that kind of relies on guests, you realize how busy people are, which is why I'm so grateful for everybody who came on and, you know, spent a little bit of time just chatting to me and all that. Um, the reason why, the reason about sharing, it's just, it's about the guests and we're trying to get, you know, um, as much as we can within the 30 minutes or the 40 minutes um, that we have. So it just has to remain on the guest. But I guess to kind of try to make up for that, if I can, I thought um, I would do, you know, ask myself the question that I've been asking some of the guests, you know, what's the most positive thing that's happened to to me this year? And I was thinking about it. I think it have to be um, productivity. There's something to be said about being forced to sit down and just do the work. And, you know, of course, you know, the past has been the pandemic and everything has been locked down. And just having no other choice or not much other choice than to just sit down and drill down and do the work. Um, so, yeah, that's I think that's been the most positive thing that's happened to me. This year, just being more productive and being more conscious of time. Um I've been more conscious of time in the you know existential sense than oh my god I'm I'm oh my god I'm the I'm 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 getting so old not necessarily in that way it's just you know be more you know conscious about the things that I need to do on the day be more intentional you know what have I done today that's sort of moving me towards where I want to be um, and you know from you know just school in general and from you know to this pod to everything else. Um, I think productivity has been that one thing, the most positive thing that's happened to me. And of course, that's sort of viewed within within um, you know, within the lens of just having, you know, uh, health. My family's been healthy, so I can't really, you know, complain about that. And, you know, maybe that's one of the things that should be, as you say, is the most positive thing that's happened to me. Just family health, my own health, and my family's health. But that's sort of accounted for, um, I think, has been productivity. And I'm, I'm so thankful. So, yeah, man, there's, you know something to be said about just forced productivity and uh yeah that's the most positive thing for me so at this point i want to um to do some shout outs you know go around thanking some of the people behind the scenes um some of the guests and all that like i said before doing a pod like this you kind of realize how much or how busy people are um and especially now like you know the year that i've done it um, it's not a year, but you know, um, since starting it last year in what is it August, and doing it and kind of seeing how much 
just how busy people are, even within the context of a pandemic. It kind of makes you realize how much people are, just generally speaking, if there wasn't a pandemic. I don't even know if some people, I would have been able to get some of the guests. Um, so I want to thank everybody, man. From the first ever guest, shout out to JL, my cousin, Big Baby J. Uh, from the first guest, you know, out of the gate. Um, him coming on and talking to me and opening up a wonderful convo. And then getting from, you know, Big uh, JL to, you know, Victoire, Anisha, um, then the homies, Jimmy, David, Birch, you know, to, and then to Abdul, and, uh, Dr. Williams, Dr. Chapman, um, Tim, Andy, man, and everybody else in between. Thank you guys so much. Um, like, just, there wouldn't have been a part without y'all, because I just, like I said, I don't like talking to myself, and this itself feels so weird. But, you know, it only felt right that I do this part instead of just disappearing into the ether like a person with no manners, you know. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, to the guests, man, thank you all so much. I appreciate your time and just being able to come on here and be open and share um, your experience or just um, your views on certain things. It was so, so helpful and so enlightening. Um, and, of course, we can't forget the listeners. The listeners! Um... You know, people who's, you know, stuck with the pod from episode one to episode 19 or episode 20, who shared that, who shared the pod with a friend and, you know, um, just sort of, um, or just said a kind word, um, of support. Um, thank you all, man. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And then we can also can't forget the people behind the scenes. Um, and one of the people, you know, the people behind the scenes is Liam, my brother Liam, um, he actually edited the first 10 episodes um, and he coached me, he individually, he personally coached me through editing for the last, I guess, the last, you know, 10 episodes. And um, yeah, man, Liam, bro, shouts to you. Thank you. And then Andy, who was on episode 19, helping out with the cover art, doing his thing. Um, shout out to Andy, man. Good dude. Um, thanks to you too as well. And then the people behind this, what, what would that be? There's people behind the scenes, and there's people behind the people behind the scenes. So the people behind the people behind the scenes will be, obviously, the team of V-Track. Um, Wina, Kerry, Gislen, Emmanuel. Man, shout out to y'all. Um, it's been so much fun just getting to know y'all and work with y'all for the past year and some change. Uh, just our weekly meetings were so fun. And um, just all the kind of words, you know, all the input you gave me about the pod and uh, about the interviews and all that. So cool. Um, thank you guys, man. Um, and of course, you know, lastly but not leastly, um, uh, V-Tracks director, Dr. Jude-Marie Senat, man. Um, thank you for letting me run with the idea and, you know, trusting me not to run it into, you know, just absolutely bumble and run into the ground. Um, yeah, so I guess that brings us to, um, you know, what's next? And like I said, um, you know, Santa season one, which means it's not the end of chatting um, as a podcast. So, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but just, you know, it's the end of season one. All right, that's all I'm going to say. It's the end of season one. You can fill in the gaps for yourself and, you know, come to a conclusion. But all I'm going to say, it's the end of season one. You feel me? It's the end of season one. Just, you know, just, 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 just the end of season one. Else. And that's pretty much it, man. In the epilogue, I hope I—I I don't, I don't think I forgot any, anything. But you know, just 
guess is the last word. I hope the season was as I don't want to say eye-opening because I'm sure there are people who know much more about just mental health in certain communities than I do. But I hope you at least took away something. I can't tell you what it is they should have taken away from it because you know I don't live your life. I don't know what your life is like, but I definitely know the things that I took away from it. And you know, I guess those things are more personal than you know. They're just individualistic. So you took away from it might be something more limited from what I took away from it. That's just how it goes, man. Like, but I just hope you got something out of it. Um, yeah, and if you have, if you have any questions about the pod or anything for me, don't you know? Reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out, man. And yeah, I do believe that's a wrap on season one of chatting. Peace and love to all y'all. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. It's hot out there.